Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, where we share in the stories of former female athletes, connect on the transition out of sport, and create a space where the always an athlete tribe can come for connection and inspiration. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, founder of the Her Sports Story blog and podcast, and former competitive gymnast of 15 years to an athlete advocate professional. It makes my heart so happy to connect in and share these former female athlete stories. And I am so grateful and excited that you are here to join us. Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, everyone. Today we have Lindsay Moncrief on the podcast. And you know when you meet someone and you just hear their voice and you you feel completely connected or at home in a sense? That's how I felt with Lindsay. Lindsay talks about her journey through life, through basketball, through teaching, through playing overseas, to coaching, and becoming a wife and mama, and starting a new journey of being a health and fitness coach. And we talk all, all things real. It's all real. It's all authentic. And I couldn't be more proud and more happy to share this conversation with you all. Lindsay, thanks so much for being here this morning. I am so happy that we connected, and I can't wait for our Her Sports Story listeners to get a glimpse into your sports journey and everything that you're doing now. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to thank you for the opportunity. Um, I just feel so blessed to have come in contact with you, and from the second I saw your page, I was like, I want to share my story. Like, this is golden, and um, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity, so thank you. Oh, yeah. No, I, when I think you reached out to me, and anytime I have a woman reach out to me, I just, I'm so excited. (laughs) Like, yes, like, (laughs) the fact that it's resonating is so huge, and I want, I want women to share their stories and their sports stories, so we can, one, connect on it, and we relate as like former athletes. I mean, we chatted on the phone and we just like, it's like we chatted five times minimum before, but no, it was our first time connecting. So anyways, as we dive in here, let's go ahead and talk all things your sports story. Okay. So um, I'll start off by introducing a little bit about me. Um, Lindsay Moncrief, I'm 28 years old and I currently live in Dallas, Texas. Um, I am married to my husband, Brett. We have been married for about four years. We have two kids, a son, Bretton, who is three, and a daughter, Stephen, who is one. So that's crazy um, <laughs> how all that happened in four years. But um yeah, I currently teach world history to 10th graders at Creekview High School, and I coach uh, ninth grade girls basketball in a fifth of varsity. So that is the beginning, or at least where I am now. Right. <laughs> All the things. So yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're wanting to dive right in and start with kind of where it all began, um, for me, I would say the earliest memory I have of where it began would be when I was about five years old living in Birmingham, Alabama, which is where I'm from. 
Um, my dad had me in ballet, of all things, and <laughs> me it was more my mom's choice than his because um, my older sister did ballet. And so I just have this vivid memory of a concrete bridge that we would take to go to the dance studio. And one day I was running over it. My dad was taking me and he kept yelling, Lindsay, stop, stop running. Lindsay, stop. Of course, I wasn't listening because that's just not, you know, my personality. I want to be wild and free. And so I fell. I scraped my knee really bad. I actually still have that scar on my knee today. And blood coming down my stockings and from that day on I never did ballet again my dad was like girl a little too rough um probably should put her in a different sport and so after that I got involved um with Hoover Recreation Sports um and played that for about five years just really loved it really um it really resonated with me because Basketball was an opportunity for me to be myself. Um, I was always rough. I was definitely a tomboy. Um, and it was an opportunity for me to be me without people being like, Lindsay, slow down. Lindsay, sit down. I could be me and it was like part of the game. And so um, I just had a blast and my dad could really see that. And so, um, you know, it just became a part of my life. And so, um, you know, shortly after rec ball, I entered AAU, which is mm -hmm. basketball. Um, at about 10 years old and that's when everything really changed I mean before that it was kind of like basketball was a hobby I never really you know being so young you never really see kind of where basketball can take you and so once I entered into the um, organization realm it was like wow basketball really takes people places um, and so I had an opportunity to play for an AAU team called the Alabama Twisters um, it was actually started by one of the dads of the rec team girls I played with, and mm. um, she's still to this day one of my really good friends, um, Chris Mullins, and um, I was just so blessed to be in that space with, um, you know, men who wanted to cater to young women. Um, that's, that's hard to find, um, and I want to say that, you know, in the 90s, that was around the time that the WNBA came out, and so mm. I really think that kind of helped push uh, girls to kind of go out and play basketball and so um, AAU just became part of my life I went from middle school and high school playing during the season and then as soon as the season was done with school I would go right into um, AAU and so basketball was a huge huge part of my life um, yeah I just it was normal to me it was part of the mm -hmm. basketball culture you know and um, that's when I really learned kind of what it means to be an athlete you know the traveling, you know, the tournaments. Um, I met some amazing young women throughout the process that I still talk to today. Um, and I was always, I was very outgoing, but always worried about how people would perceive me. And so I was almost shy <laughs> because I was worried about how people would take it. Mm -hmm. So basketball allowed me to let my guard down and be around girls that love basketball as much as me. And so um, I'm just thankful for everywhere that basketball has taken me. Um, cut to high school and um, that's when basketball got you know a little bit more serious um, yeah. that's when I start thinking you know okay this is something that people will pay me to do in college wow and you know I never understood the um, magnitude of earning a scholarship until you know my dad till this day tells me like how proud he is that you know I earned that scholarship and that was one less daughter he had to, <laughs> to school and so I just 
So it amazed me that I could go to school for free doing something I loved. And so mm -hmm. something that felt so natural to me, it wasn't hard to work hard. And so I was just really driven um, in high school. Um, I, I got to a point where, um, and this, this is around the time that things got hard for me. Um, mm -hmm. My mom, my mom passed away of stomach cancer when I was about 16 years old. And I remember when I was 15, um, being at a basketball game, um, knowing that she was coming and just being super excited to see her playing against the team that I'd always done well against. And so um, played well, got to the end of the game, didn't see her in the stands and was really frustrated about it. Um, my mom was an eye doctor. She also played the piano for two churches, very involved in church life. And so um, anytime she got a chance to come see me was an opportunity for me to show out. And um, just remember getting home and being upset and getting a call from her in the hospital and they found a tumor in her stomach mm. and the size of a orange. And that really shook me. Yeah. And, um, I felt a lot of guilt because here I was getting upset about her not being there and she had a valid reason for not being there. And so that really um, shook me and my sisters. I have two sisters, an older one and a younger one. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she passed away about a year later. And so that was when life probably got real for me. You know, I feel like everybody goes through to a point where life feels like daisies and, you know, running through the fields and, you know, something happens that shakes you and really shows you that, you know, life is fragile. Yeah. And um, for me, it was really hard because at that point, I'm supposed to be choosing a college. You know, I don't really <laughs> know what I'm doing. You know, um, at the time, they had some resources, people in high school that would help you with that process, but nothing can replace, you know, advice from your mom. Um, so that was a really difficult time for me to navigate. I had my dad. Um, who's always been in my life. Um, my parents were divorced when I was 10, but my dad actually moved back to Hoover um, when my mom passed away so that we could stay in the school system we've grown up in. And so I'm just thankful for him understanding what we needed at that time and making that change. And so, um, yeah, navigating the transition from high school to college was a major, major uh, turning point for me. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, gosh, you hit on so many points just in your story from feeling completely alive and you and aligned in your sport to it being like your evolved rock in a way. Mm -hmm. I imagine, you know, going through those just tough life transitions that at least basketball was still there for yeah. you in that transition does, doesn't make it any easier. And especially during that point, I feel like in anyone's life that those teenage years, like I can't imagine going through it with what you've overcome. And I just like at that age, I just am amazed by us like former athletes picking a school at 16, 17 years old, like, how did we do that? Like to set ourselves up for, you know, our foundation in life and whatnot. And it's, there's just so much immense growth between that time when we're like being recruited to the end of college. But 
I can only thank you for kind of sharing your story in that regard and for you speaking to life being so fragile. Because I think sometimes we completely get caught up in, in what's looking good on Instagram or how good is our life judged on various things. And at the end of the day, there, there's so much more than I think we initially think about every day, right? At surface, surface level. So as far as that process of like when you were choosing a college to attend, how, you know, what did that kind of look like? And how did you come across choosing the institution that you went with? So um, it's actually a funny story. I, I chose the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Um, I've been recruited by quite a few schools and as a former athlete, you know, like <laughs> there's a difference between being looked at, being mm -hmm. recruited and then being pursued. Yes. And so if I had to kind of put colleges in that, those categories, Arkansas wanted me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying I was the best player in the country. I was definitely ranked as far as guards in the state and in the country. Mm -hmm. um, but I could tell that they wanted me. And one of the reasons I chose Arkansas <laughs> It's a funny story. I got letters from them, and you know they're the Razorbacks. We're the Razorbacks, yeah. so right. red envelope with a pig on it. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, what is a Razorback? Like, I'm not going to a school that has a pig as a mascot. Like, I couldn't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. Not doing it. Um, mind you, I went to Hoover High School, which I don't know if you remember the show Two a Days. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm just used to like. Yeah, and so I just was nervous about going to school that I really didn't know a lot about. Like, I'm like, sports are a huge thing. Like, I need to figure out what's up. So um, I remember my AAU coach at the time, uh, his name is um, Coach Johnson, and his family has been such a blessing to me, um, especially when I was going through that hard time in my life. And so he told me, he said, Lindsay, if you don't want to go to the University of Arkansas, do not go on a visit. Because I'm telling you right now, you're going to go on a visit and you're going to commit right away. Mm. And I kind of, you know, blew it off. Like, okay, coach, sure, whatever you say. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, the facilities are amazing. Um, they're the Razorbacks, so like, it's a premier school in the state. So everyone is a Razorback fan. And so I end up, you know, going on my trip. A lot of that had to do with the assistant coach, Zenere uh, Antoine. She um, would come watch me work out at Arkansas, which is probably normal now. But back then, to me, I'm like. She's not coming to watch me play in the game. She's like on her way to go somewhere else. And she's stopping by to watch me run up a hill in the heat <laughs> because she wants me to come to Arkansas. And that's probably protocol now. But back then, it just made me feel like, wow, they really yeah. cared about me. Um, she also reminds me a lot of my mom. And so I think she understood the um, issues I was going through. You know, outside of losing my mom, I was dealing with a step parent that did not do right by my mom and my sisters as far as how he handled her estate. And so all of that, you know, pain, she understood. And so she spoke to me in a way that I felt comfortable coming to Arkansas and felt like, you know, she was going to look out for me. And so I get to the campus. I haven't even met the whole head coach yet. I think I know his name at this point, but I haven't met him. <laughs> um, and I go on my visit and I verbally commit after just like barely speaking to him. And I'm just like, I want to come here. I, Love the atmosphere. I love the people. Um, the campus was so nice. And this was back in the day before they had half of what they have now. And um, I just felt at home. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for me and, and 
my head coach is actually quoted saying this, but, you know, for me, it was about starting over and Arkansas was an opportunity for me to come in. Nobody knew my story. Um, Nobody knew about what I had been through. And it was an opportunity for me to step into a new, um, a new me and Mm -hmm. somebody that, you know, I was proud of somebody that, you know, could rise above what I had been through and start fresh. And so, you know, I committed, didn't go on any other visits, did my signing day, you know, at at, at the high school. And I was on my way to Fayetteville, Arkansas. My dad drove eight hours, dropped me off that day. Um, You know, and I, and bless his heart, he probably was like, I don't really know how this works. He had to get back to work the next day, dropped me off and drove back home. (laughs) And so here I am like relying on, you know, random football players and the moms of my teammates to help me move in. Yeah. Moving in without a mom and mm-hmm. I kind of just dived in, you know, I needed my team probably way more than they needed me. And um I'm just thankful that, you know, athletes we start in the summer before, you know, yeah. everyone else was there. And so that summer was a really good opportunity for me to transition into college life, to get to know my teammates, to get familiar with the program and how my life would function for the next four years. And it was a bit of a wake up call. I remember calling my dad after the first week, uh, the first workout and saying, dad, I, I think I made the wrong decision. Mm. I am absolutely dead right now after the first workout. Like I'm crying. <laughs> it's silly me. You know, I did the summer workout before you get there where they're like, Hey, do this to be prepared. It, it, it's nothing to prepare you for your first college workout. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. But, um, while I was there, um, I went through a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I actually thought about transferring because um, I had, we went through some drama as girls do. Yep. And I kept telling myself like, you know, it shouldn't feel like this. Um, I think nowadays girls are really, they, they transfer really soon because of playing time. And I was, I've never had that experience of not being a player that got playing time. Um, mm-hmm. From the moment I stepped on campus, my coaches trusted me. Uh, they saw that I worked hard and I earned a starting spot as a freshman. And that was a big deal. Yeah. And even I knew that there were players that were better than me that I was playing over. Um, and so I was just really grateful for that opportunity, but went through a lot while I was there for my ACL, my junior year mm. in college, had to come back from that. Um, and so college is what it was meant to be. It was a learning process. Um, I'm forever grateful for my time at Arkansas. I still talk to, um, the coaches, and I'm actually moving back to Arkansas. Uh, my husband just got a job with Walmart, and so we'll be going back up there, and so I'll get a, get to go back home, if you will. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I think the college experience, I think, you know, going in, especially when we're younger, we have this perception of how it's going to be, of how, how workouts are going to be, which, gosh, I couldn't even, like, really walk the first week like oh my gosh what is this but so yeah from the physical aspect to like the academics to team right gosh yeah I I think at that age the early you know almost early 20s but 1819 range Mm -hmm. being with a team of like 20 or so girls is a whole experience in itself and such a growing process and i think that again it's not always realized when you're going in that there 
could be drama. <laughs> there could be challenges in that regard. And it exists everywhere. Procrastination, clearly. Mm-hmm. But it's such a good life experience. Because I can I can relate in the ways of, you know, going through a lot of life kind of stuff during college, which I think is completely normal and a part of the process. But you do have those times where you're like, should I transfer? Or you get injured and you're like, should I come back from this? Yeah. Or should I try to use out eligibility? So I think it's such an important message to share. And like when I'm working with athletes in my day-to-day role, mm-hmm. I'm constantly telling them it's not it's not always going to happen the way you think it is, and that's okay, and it will serve you. Every, every hard experience, every challenge, every time you think about quitting or transferring or, you know, have to overcome drama, it's just growing you and building a foundation for what's coming next in your life. But no, I think it needs to be talked about because myself and one of my best friends chatted about this last week about how like there's this perception of college athletics and then your senior year and you do so well your senior year, you retire on the best of terms (laughs) and it's just not real life, Um, which I think we all have to navigate in our own way sometimes, but hearing each other's stories. I think makes it that much easier. So as far as, you know, wrapping up your college experience and transitioning maybe out of your sport to another, you know, level, what did that process kind of look like for you? So that was crazy as well. I mean, you talk about life being unpredictable. Um, One thing about athletes is, and, and maybe this is only a select few, but I was so focused on basketball. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I even got to college, let alone when I left. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, you need to pick a major. <laughs> I picked um, pre-med biology because one, my mother was an, an eye doctor, so I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to help people. And I love kids to this day, still just love kids. And so I was like, I want to be a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And then once the grueling schedule that is the athletic life started, I was like, I am not focused or driven enough academically to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I changed my major to criminal justice. Um, I grew up watching crime shows and was obsessed with them. I love to talk. I feel like I'm well-spoken. I love to be in control. And so I was like, I can definitely be a lawyer. Um, and so after graduating, believe it or not, I got a job at Hooters. Hooters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, it's funny because it wasn't my first choice, but they were the only ones that hired me and one of the biggest transitions out of college is realizing you don't get free meals and free housing and so I was like I gotta afford to live here right <laughs> so, had to get a job was working at Hooters was studying for my LSAT um prepping to hopefully go to law school and you know got to talking with some of my close friends about basketball and you know I saw my name on a mock draft site for the WNBA mm. mock draft site so this is not the real thing but it's like people are talking. We're just, you know, putting names in place to see what round. So I was like third round, second to last. And when I saw this, I was like, first of all, I didn't even know people were talking about me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a great career at Arkansas. Um, I'd say it was like above average. Um, But I had never considered playing professional ball. I thought that like when basketball ended, 
you know, I had to be an All-American if I really wanted to play professionally. Mm -hmm. And so by seeing that, you know, I just started calling my coaches and just trying to really see what was up. And they told me at that point, you know, this is like, like maybe like May-ish. Um, no, I'm sorry, maybe it's, yeah, so this is going into the summer. And so at that point, they were like, it's a little late to be thinking about the WNBA, but uh, you could look for a professional career because they start around the same time college ball starts. So I ended up getting in touch with an agent that worked with girls that had graduated from Arkansas earlier. Mm -hmm. And girl, it literally, I remember talking to the agent on like a Thursday, getting the contract signed to play mm -hmm. ball in Spain. I packed my apartment in Fayetteville, Arkansas within two days, drove home to Alabama, got home on a Tuesday and was in Spain that Thursday. Oh. So within a week, <laughs> within a week I went from like working at Hooters, trying to study for law school to being a professional basketball player in Spain. And so um, that was crazy. Um, I, when I got to Spain, one thing I'll say about that experience is Number one, everyone should go overseas if they get a chance. It's mm -hmm. just amazing to see how other people live. Um, two, I don't think I was mature enough to handle being overseas yet. Mm -hmm. because, um, when I got there, in my head, I just, you know, I started for four years. Like, I'm, I'm me. I play my type of game. And me and the coach kind of butted heads at times. And, you know, going from a program where they wanted me for me, and going into a program where I feel like they were just trying to sign someone before the deadline and maybe not really wanting me for me, I struggled getting yeah. into the system, but also playing my game. And so that was really tough for me. And knowing what I know now and really uh, being as uh, focused on my spirituality and my relationship with God, mm -hmm. I should have used that opportunity to grow. Um, but instead, you know, after half a season of going back and forth, um, I came home at Christmas and left the team. Um, my agent asked if I wanted to go to another country and play. And I told him I was nervous that the same thing was going to happen or that I might end up in like Yugoslavia in the freezing snow or something. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I being that so far away from home, I felt so disconnected from the world. And yeah. I'm a family person. I'm a people person. I love the idea of, you know, having a husband and kids. And so overseas life is for some girls, but it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. so, um, after that, I come home and I'm like, okay, what now? I'm living off my last couple of dollars from Spain. And, you know, my dad is awesome. I feel like all millennials at some point have lived at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <Yep>. Twice. <laughs> that's just a millennial thing. So it, it was what it was. I love my dad for, you know, keeping it real and being like, you're good. I get it. Mm -hmm. um, so stayed at home. And by the grace of God, you know, I talked to all my connections because one thing that sports gives you is connections. And yeah. so I use them. The best part about doing things the right way is people always look out for you. And so that same coach that brought me to Arkansas, my senior year, she got a job coaching at Texas State in San Marcos. And so yeah. she let me be her graduate assistant. I was her first graduate assistant at Texas State, got a free master's degree in exercise sports and science, got a chance to coach as a student coach she even told them you're going to call her coach Lindsay and these girls are like 18 19 20 21 22 and I'm 23 <laughs> and they're calling me coach Lindsay so that was funny <laughs> um, but um I really really love that experience it taught me a lot about the game mm -hmm. um, going from being a player to a coach as a player you just show up 
and everything's done for you. Whereas as a coach, you do the doing. Yes. Right. So yeah. That was new. Um, I had a new found respect for my coaches and staff that like made everything possible for me. Um, I realized how much work went into it. I realized how much I really didn't know about the game of basketball <laughs> because coaching and playing are totally different things. And um, so I really grew, even as a player, like I played basketball. Mm-hmm. So I was a better player after being a coach because I'm like, oh, I really get it now. So let me see <laughs> what I learned as a coach and use it against, you know, the, you know, the, uh-huh. the opponents. But, um, you know, leaving Texas State, I realized that, you know, college coaching still wouldn't be for me. I, I, I got to a point where I had the burnout that I got in Arkansas where you're traveling and living out of a suitcase. Yeah. And it's a lifestyle that's not for everybody. That's what I realized. That's why you see athletes who have free scholarships just giving up. Cause they're like, this ain't it. Mm-hmm. And so um, leaving Texas state, I was grateful for the opportunity, grateful for the people I met. Um, but I decided high school basketball would be something that I needed to do. And so um, ended up meeting my husband. Um, we courted for about seven months. He proposed at Christmas. We got married the following July. Um, at that point, I'm um, in a alternative certification program trying to get my teaching degree, mm-hmm. um, long-term sub in between, finally get a job at Creekview um, as a world history teacher and a coach. And so that's where I've been the last three years, just trying to grow as a person grow as an employee, grow as a coach, you know, grow as a teacher, grow as a friend, and, mm-hmm. you know, colleague, all of that. So uh, that's kind of where I ended up. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like we look back and I mean, if you were to look back at 18 and if someone would have told you what your life was going to be at, you know, at this stage, you'd be like, really? <laughs> like, oh, okay. It's just not what you anticipate, but it's, again, it's totally for you. And I, I just have full belief that, you know, the, the stars will align and you are meant to travel on the path that you're traveling on. So no, I think, gosh, I, I'm just running your story through my head and there's so, so much variety to it. So yeah, so many cool experiences for you. And what's funny is that, so when I mentioned my best friend and I were chatting about some topic I forget what we were talking about but um, she is in San Marcos so last weekend I was at Texas she works at Texas State as an advisor yeah cool. what's her name her name's Bailey Estep and she she got her master's there and worked in the athletic department for a little bit and actually there's a podcast that's going to be coming out really soon with her and it's just us basically putting on our makeup in her room and chatting all things life after sport yeah yeah, so too funny what a small world but as far as you know and you talk about this oops you talk about how you had that experience overseas and you wish you would have used that time for like the inner work and your connection to faith right Mm -hmm. and I think that oh gosh it it's always hindsight. If I knew then what I knew now about spirituality and connecting, you know, and grounding yourself, gosh, that experience would have been different, right? I mean, I was in Spain. People were probably like, Lindsay, really? You don't want to go back to Spain? It was that bad, Lindsay. I'm an American, so I'm used to everything being open when I want it to be, and 
and having to wash my clothes in a tiny little washer and drying them on the line. Like I was spoiled at that point. Well, and I just think we get we get so used to living in a like a systematic and programmed way, and then it takes sometimes those experiences to kind of get us out of it and be like, oh, okay, this is different. Mm-hmm. And then moving through that experience and it being challenging, and then getting to the other side and being like, oh, had I used those tools that I know now. So I'm I'm looping this back around because I think that. There's so much that goes into personal development when we are, you know, getting into careers and starting a family that like when we're an athlete, of course we train, we train, we are grinding it out at practice and we're doing all the work right for the product on the court or field or whatnot. But out of sport in life, we still have to do the work. It just looks different. So talk about any like personal development or stepping into parts of, you know, staying healthy or grounded in your faith in life after sport and life where you are right now. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I'm going to take it back to my time at Texas State because I think that was another huge turning point as far as my faith. Um, My mom being who she was, I grew up in church. And so that's just kind of who I was. Um, I didn't know anything different. Um, it was difficult to navigate that in college because we actually played on Sundays. And so mm-hmm. I got plugged into a church as much as I possibly could, would be reading my Bible. I keep journals. I'm a mm-hmm. journal keeper. And so I would always write letters to God and just put my thoughts down. Um, but, you know, I feel like God always is calling us and he gets to a point where he shakes us. And I hit my shaking point um, at Texas State. Um, I was kind of reeling over a past love. And that's a point where I'm like, this isn't how it's supposed to feel, God. And I just remember, you know, crying out to him and just saying, like, please take this pain away. Like, help me get over this. Mm-hmm. And I found a church um, called Promised Land Church at Texas State. And um, they were doing a series called All In. And it just talked about giving all aspects of your life to God, because I feel like growing up, especially when you're used to church, you give him the, the parts that are comfortable, mm-hmm. not the so icky parts, because you're like, one, I don't even want God to see that side of me, because <laughs> it's not cute. Keep the cute side, leave the ugly side to me, I'll figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the side that he wants, and, you know, it took me, I actually got rebaptized while I was there, and from that moment on, my life changed. I started looking at people differently. Um, I started looking at just my work ethic. Like it's so easy to work at basketball because you love it, Lindsay, but Mm -hmm. now you work for a school and you have paperwork and kids that are going to stay after school and talk to you. And what does that work ethic look like? And so I had to really change, I had to answer some really tough questions about like, am I a person that works hard in all aspects of life or just the ones that are easy for me because Mm -hmm. I love those things. And so I had to grow and it started with my faith. And then, you know, the more I got into careers like teaching and coaching, it came with those steps of, you know, this is what your workday looks like. This is how you need to be productive. Um, even now with my, um, you know, fitness and wellness business, I am learning that professional development is really at the top because it steers everything else. And I really wish we would focus on that more in our 
younger years. I don't know why we don't do PD classes for in high school and in middle school. I'm trying to instill those things in my kids right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so professional development is just, you know, a way for me to hold myself accountable and understand that I'm a work in progress and that's okay. Um, I like it because it, you almost feel like you're being awakened. Like, Mm -hmm. why didn't anyone tell me this? Why didn't I know that it could be this easy if I would just read, listen. And I feel like now, especially with the amount of technology we have, there's really no excuse not to grow yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really at a point now where I want more for my family. And I know that it starts with wanting more for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I am. That's why I started with the fitness and then, you know, nutrition is a huge part of that too. And then I'm, you know, trying to be a little bit more um, intuitive of my children's needs. Um, you know, not having a mom around, I have a ton of mother figures, but nothing can replace mom. Mm-hmm. So I'm the mom that reads all those Pinterest post about how to help your child be sane when they grow up like that's me thank goodness for Pinterest though I know right it sounds silly but I get a lot of my advice from that I have to say to myself like I can't be that closed-minded person that says I'm not going to let Pinterest teach me how to raise my kids no I need help these people proven facts and there are doctors behind it and they've done the research and it works that's how I felt about fitness and health and so um Transitioning from college to the real world, um, especially with fitness, as athletes, we're used to teamwork. We're used to never being alone. We didn't do individual sports. So all we know is you got my back, I got yours. Yeah. What does that look like when you're married with kids and a job and stress? Um, you know, what does that look like? And so I had to kind of admit to myself that I needed a system like I did back in college, and that's okay. Um, we function as humans a lot better with a plan than we do winging it you know Mm -hmm. so um it's just about being honest about how you feel it's about being um true to yourself and knowing that it's okay to need help and knowing that it's okay to have flaws because in this world of um, perfectionism Mm -hmm. imperfections are not glorified enough and that's what makes us who we are you know and so I'm just learning to be okay with my imperfections learning to be honest about them and professional development definitely helps with that. Yeah. Now, I think it's so interesting. A point you bring up is that we aren't taught necessarily, or maybe I always go back and forth. What our minds would have been ready for these personal development concepts. But then if you think like you with your children, you are ingraining them at at a young age. I think that's incredible incredible that you're doing that and it's so valuable and it's a part of our journeys especially growing up and trying to manage it all like you know and you know better than anyone you're managing you know you're being a wife you are being a mom you are a teacher and then you've started a journey of being a health and fitness coach so I think, like with anything, it all stems from us, right, in our core. So thank you for touching on that and providing that advice, because again, it's another topic in the in the world of social media where everything looks pretty. Mm-hmm. What is really amazing is the people that are doing the inner work, the people that are taking the time to invest in themselves and connect with their spirituality and their purpose and then serving others. Mm -hmm. So 
in serving others, you are now a health and fitness coach as well, on top of everything that you do. So talk about that, you know, transition in stepping into that role, because as you mentioned, we as former athletes, we like to be coached. We like to be a part of a team. And I know those values resonate within the health and fitness coaching space. So talk about how you got into it. And then if it was just like an intuitive, like, yes, I am doing this. Yes, I am growing a team. Yes, I am helping these women manage everything from personal development to health and fitness so that they can perform at life and feel grounded and confident in themselves? So um, I actually was, um, I was at a point where I know after having my second child, um, being in the season, it's so easy to rely on fast food because of the late nights. I wasn't on a, you know, an organized schedule. Um, with two kids and a husband that is a car salesman. So he had late hours too. My life just looked hectic and chaotic. And I had got to a point where I was like, this is hard. And um, I actually ended up after the season telling my coaching staff that I wouldn't be returning because I had to make a decision that, you know, I've given basketball all of my life. I really have. And I have two small kids now and a husband that need me. And as much as I love serving those girls, it's okay to serve me and my family too. Yes. Um, so I made that decision and that really freed up a lot of time. One, because the season was over, but also because I was finally in a headspace and had more time to think and breathe and figure out what was next for me. And so um, a friend of mine that was in my graduate, uh, graduate program at Texas State, her name is Genevieve. Um, she reached out to me probably a couple of months before and I definitely wasn't in the space to do it. Mm -hmm. um, then she reached out to me again. I felt like that was a sign. Um, and I had also been approached by another business opportunity. And so I prayed about them both. And it just made sense with uh, the fitness and wellness um, program um, through Team Beachbody because of the idea of being on a team just resonates with me, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, I have an amazing mentor in Genevieve. Um, she feels like a friend. Uh, we probably didn't talk nearly as much in our grad project program as we do now because I was a coach at the time. And so I'm like showing up just trying to, yeah, my because I have to go to practice after this and <laughs> town this weekend. And so, you know, and just to, you know, obviously my success is her success. But she is invested, and I love that because that's the reason why I chose Arkansas. Somebody was invested in me. I wasn't a number. Um, and so that's how I want to be with my clients. Um, and I, don't, I hate to call them clients because a lot of times I don't know some of the women. Um, but my first few clients have been former friends of, or former athletes who are friends of mine. Mm -hmm. And it's just really nice to see that they share some of the same problems as I do. And it's okay for me to be open with them about my struggles. Yeah. Um, choosing this business was at first more so about me because I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to get in shape and the other part will come. And so now that I'm in shape, I'm able and in a place where I can help others because I had to go through that storm first and come out on the other side before I could tell other people how to do it. Um, I've only been a coach for about two months and, um, just being able to connect with people on a serious note to get to know people that I haven't heard from in a long time, but really invest in them. Mm -hmm. Um, feels really good. The biggest thing that I'm focusing on is not 
treating people like a number or a dollar sign, but really getting invested in, in filling out their story mm-hmm. because that's what people resonate with. It's why you started this podcast, yep. you know? Right. And um, so with the people that I work with, I want them to know that I struggle too, that I will listen to you. Um, a lot of people end up not being able to do it because of the money. And so I still say to them like, hey, if you have questions, I would love to help you. Or if you just need someone to talk to you, I can talk to you. Yeah. Um, because I just want to be genuine. Um, and that's not always easy when you feel like you're doing this to support yourself or add mm-hmm. income. Um, but I just want to be uh, the type of person that I would want as a coach. And teaching is coaching. So being a teacher definitely helped me out as far as being organized, the different resources and tools that I use. And obviously being a coach, I just know how to love on people. I know how to motivate and encourage. I am, you know, you go girl. Like I can do that all day because that was me playing sports. I was a, I, I was a captain for almost every single team I played on. And so I'm just used to um, being the rah-rah, outspoken, let me help you type person. That's mm-hmm. part of my, like, I like to be in control thing. <laughs> but I also just feel like I want people to feel loved. Um, I want people to feel appreciated and I want them to know that it's okay to be where you are and that you don't have to stay where you are. There's a brighter side. It's yeah. just getting to that part that I would like to help them with. Mm-hmm. And I think with, you know, Team Beachbody, they provide such an amazing framework, but at the root of it is your coach, like, and you making those commitments to, you know, your, your onboarding team members of being genuine, of being transparent, of being really, in a sense, a true teammate. Because I think in life that's, you know, we all want that feeling of, being understood and belonging and a part of something greater. Mm-hmm. So I applaud you for approaching your business in that way Thank because you. I know it'll be successful. And people, as you know, we're, we're drawn to people that completely show up in their light or show up fully as them, flaws, imperfections, whatever. Um, that's, I think what, what we resonate with. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So before, you know, I always have one question that I, that we wrap up with here, but before we do that, where can people connect with you and find you? So, um, you can follow me on Instagram. My username is lens is fit. So that's L Y N D S I S F I T. Um, I am also on Facebook, Lindsay Moncrief, mm-hmm. um, and those are the best ways to kind of get in touch with me. Um, it's going to be interesting making this transition to Arkansas. Um, I'm trying to figure out some other opportunities. Um, teaching is definitely an option, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, those are, that's how you get in touch with me. Um, yeah. There you Great. Go. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll link those of course in our podcast notes as well. Perfect. But so my final question, one day I envision this event happening where athletes who have to, you know, are either done with eligibility or have had to retire off of injury, have this event to go to where there's people like you, there's people like me there to help just provide just a little foundation for life without sport and transitioning into 
finding what is next, what is going to light their soul up, what are some tools that they can take with them as they navigate whatever is around the corner for them. So if you had the opportunity to speak with them, and I just like throw out like 50, 50 to 100 athletes that are just sitting there like, can, can someone give me some insight or advice? What would you tell them? Um, so the first thing that I would tell them, because I wish someone would have said this to me, um, is to pray about everything. Um, and, and that's a really like vague sort of reply, but um, growing up, even once I got, um, you know, recommitted to Christ, I just realized that there were certain things that I thought that um, God didn't want me to bother him about. Mm. Um, certain aspects of my life that I thought were not important enough or that I could figure out on my own. And when that, when I really um, had an opportunity to really, you know, dwell on and meditate about that idea, I really started taking everything to him, whether it was like, you know, obviously the big decisions, but even the small ones. Um, so if you're an athlete and you're done with school, um, it's okay to pray about not knowing what's going on. And it's okay to ask for God to put those people in your life that will help you figure out what you need to do. It's okay for God to, to ask God to expose you to um, opportunities that will help shape you mm-hmm. and put you on the right path. And to me, that's a hard thing to pray because you feel like you should be figuring out on your own or that you should already know what to do. Um, but God wants to meet us where we are. And so that's my first thing. Um, the second thing is, is just trust that um, where you are is where you're meant to be. Um, and to use the gifts that God has given you and see how you can use those gifts to make an impact, whether it's, um, you know, transitioning from being an athlete to coaching, um, whether it's just being in an environment where you feel like you're on a team, um, using those, those personal and we call them spiritual gifts that God has placed for you and knowing that that's how you're going to impact people. That's how you're going to make money one day. That's how you're going to um, navigate life when you leave. And so for me, even from when I was little, you know, being outspoken, being, you know, kind of the, I want to be the leader, those things, you know, followed me throughout my life. And they are why I'm where I am now. They're why I'm, it's easy for me to talk, even if I don't like what I'm talking about, it's easy for me to talk about it because I'm used Mm -hmm. to doing that. You know, that's a gift that God has given me. Um, And so just to be really in tune with who you are and what you're good at, and the, and the things that God has blessed you with, and then use those to help you navigate life after sport. Awesome. So good. Well, I just want to thank you for being here with us today and being so authentic and real and sharing your story with us. I am so excited to see everything that's coming up for you from moving to you know, finding what's next and yet another life transition, right? Well, I'm used to. That's why I'm not as scared. I'm like, I'm yeah. gonna so we'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks so much again. We truly, truly appreciate you being a guest today. Thank you so much for having me.